What do you see if you look up from your computer or look up from whatever you're doing on your desk? Do you see images that support you, that you feel good about? Or these images that are kind of chaotic? Plug into the minds of the world's cutting-edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders. Rewriting the rules of high performance at work. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Campbell, and this is Superhumans at Work, a Mind Valley podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Superhumans at Work. We are going to talk about a subject that you may or may not have heard before, Feng Shui. Now, if you haven't heard about this before, know that we're going to be having the expert on Feng Shui, Marie Diamond, walk us through what it is and what it is not and how you can apply it within the workplace. And if you've ever been familiar with Feng Shui, I know I've used it in my personal life and I love the concepts. It brings me ideas, focus, clarity, optimizes my environment, but I've never applied it in the workplace. And I'm curious to find out through this episode that we're doing with Marie, how this can actually support your growth in your career. Is it all fluff? Is it real? What is the background around Feng Shui and how do we make sure that we can use it to support us as opposed to hold us back? And Marie Diamond is the foremost expert when it comes to Feng Shui. She is an author of Mind Valley of the course Feng Shui for Life, and she has worked with celebrities, top CEOs, companies, and individuals around the world on how to use the principles of Feng Shui to really optimize their lives, whether it's professional or personal. And I love how she actually brings it and the perspective that it is the missing link of the law of attraction. That much and so much more in the episode today with the one and only Murray Diamond. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Jason. Hi, everyone that is listening. So wonderful to be here. Now, Murray, I know there's some people that are coming here with different levels of awareness when it comes to what Feng Shui is. So I'd love to just kick it off with maybe a brief of what Feng Shui is and how did you get into this practice? So Feng Shui, I call it the quantum physics of the environment. It's like a 4,000-year-old energy system that the Chinese really focused on. They had acupuncture, they had Tai Chi, they had Qigong. They actually were very aware of how energy was flowing in their body and also in the environment. And they were always looking for how to direct the flow, how to direct the energy and how to cure it when it's blocked. So as you can do that with acupuncture, you can also look at your home as an energy field and that some things can block you in being happy, having a long life, having good relationship, but also a lot of money luck if things are blocked in your house. So Feng Shui is about 4,000 years old and it's since the 1980s that it was brought to the West. I've been studying this for more than 40 years in my life. And so I applied it, used it for, you know, thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people have been studying with me. But what I believe is that it is a reflection of whatever you are, you reflect things in your environment. And so everything in your environment is like, I call it a three-dimensional vision board. So everything around you does affect your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions. So that's why I call it the missing link of the law of attraction, the missing link of self-development, because a lot of people do a lot of work with their mind, with their emotions, taking massive actions. But they actually are something missing out on is 
to think about how the environment where they work in like eight to sometimes 16 hours a day is actually affecting them. Also, of course, your home where you sleep and where you are with your family. But your office, your workspace, that's where you most of the time spend the most time in. And whatever is there is affecting our subconscious mind and is actually affecting also how we feel about ourselves and about our work. And what I love is you've brought the link here for the people that are very skeptical when it comes to acupuncture, energy medicine. There's some people that are very like, okay, no, that is too woo-woo, feng shui. I don't think it works. I think it's not real. But I love this aspect where you really tied it into the fact that, you know, people spend time setting up vision boards, for example, because they want to visualize something that drives them towards their goals. And the fact that your environment is what you see every day, you can't deny that it has an impact on you. Correct. You asked me how I got into it. So I started really practicing this information. I was about 15 years old. I really practiced from that moment on. I became a lawyer. I became an international lawyer. I became a businesswoman. And I started really using this information very early on when I was like in my early 30s for my clients that were politicians. I'm from a country called Belgium. So I used it for even the prime minister of that country because they were sometimes feeling they were blocked. And so I always look at, okay, you can be blocked in your mind and blocked in your heart and blocked in your actions, but where are you blocked? Well, the location is everything, as they say, right, in business. Well, people don't always think about that how your location looks like can also influence you. And so when I think of this, there's really the aspect for the skeptics here saying that, hey, you know, I understand how there's some blocks I can have. Even if I think about a subgroup of people that could be like biohackers, Feng Shui is kind of like the biohack of your environment where you can have that whole environment be now in service to your goals as opposed to things that hold you back and now can give you more longevity. And there's different aspects of Feng Shui because it's not just about abundance. What are the different areas of life that Feng Shui actually starts impacting when you optimize that environment? Well, there are four areas that I always see that it impacts. It has, first of all, an impact on your success, on your abundance, also on your recognition in your work, also about your health and your well-being, your relationships, personal family and business relationships. And also the fourth one is your wisdom, your inspiration, your motivation. And I always say to people, we all want, especially in business and workspace, we want to set our goals. We want to move forward. We want to have a plan in manifesting our success and abundance. But if your environment is telling a different story because of the images, because of the colors, because of the setup of your office, then you're like feeling you're pushing harder than you should be. I believe when you're in the right flow, it's like the wind is behind you and you feel like things go easy and effortless. While if you have the wrong thing set up, you feel like the wind is against you and you still get there, but you have more effort to do. You have to work harder. And then you're thinking and looking at other people and say, they have like so much luck. Well, it's because if you have the flow with you, you will have more luck, more opportunities, possibilities. Networking will get easier because your environment where you are working is supporting you instead of working against you. Mm. I feel that there's different levels that you can actually apply your feng shui. Because I know for me, one time I was having a session with a coach and it was a time that I had a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress. 
And I was just telling him, like, I feel like I can't finish anything. I feel like there's so many things to do. I feel overwhelmed. The coach just said, like, Jason, stop. Can you do me a favor? Can you just tell me what do you see around yourself in your office? I had papers everywhere. I was sitting, like, on the side. Nothing was aligned. Everything was crazy. And I was in a little cubicle in a corner facing a wall with my back to the door. At the time, I wasn't aware of feng shui. But I feel like the first layer of feng shui, we're talking really about just at least decluttering and being clear on your environment. Is that correct? You have to think always about feng shui is about space. So you need to make sure there is space around you, literally, to have an opportunity to think and to do things. So if your desk is like full of papers and you have a hard time to even get to your desk, right? Because there's so much boxes and things around you, then how can your mind be open for solutions? So the first thing is always let go of things around you and definitely at the end of the day, clean up so that in the morning you have an open space. Even if you put things a little bit further away around your computer, make sure there's space so that you are not distracted all the time from all the things that are there. I always say what your mind doesn't see, it doesn't bother. So even if you put it in folders, even if you put it in a cabinet, that there's space around you, it's better for you to start fresh with an emptiness around you than with a fullness. I just saw a video that was talking about people that were taken to a restaurant through a particular road, they got picked up. And what they started doing is actually adding an image of a certain food item across the place, like in the car that they were driving on the billboards. And when they got to the restaurant, they could predict exactly what they were going to order because subconsciously they were brought all these images. I say that because I know subconsciously things that you get primed, you're not even aware of and it starts deciding for you. And what you're saying here is if your office environment is full of clutter or things are in the way, it's taking away focus. It's taking away your attention and now you're not even in control on the ways that you operate and your productivity levels simply with regards to the environment that you've designed for yourself. Yes. And we also have even seen that people that are not decluttering are literally much more prone to become sick and have sick leave because they're overwhelmed, literally. So that's the first thing. Now, another thing you mentioned in your coaching session that you had was that you were sitting with your back to the door. So I always say to people, you have to understand when you look at your office or your workspace, you have to be in control. That means you have to see the door because that's where people are coming in. Now you're perhaps saying, well, I work at home, but still you're using the door. You're never using the window to come into your space, right? So the door is where the energy comes in. So make sure you position yourself in such a way you always see the door. Now, sometimes like you were sitting in a cubicle, you don't have that possibility. Then I would always suggest to people, make sure you have a very high back chair. That means you're protecting your body. So if anyone will pass by you, you feel stronger. You're like a king or a queen because you're seeing space in front of you. You're seeing the door. If you're sitting with your desk against the wall, you're actually literally hitting the wall with your concentration. You will not be surprised that you're getting tired because you're hitting something all the time. So you need to have space in front of you. You need to see the door, have a good support in your back. And even if you're in your cubicle and you cannot change that, you can always put like a mirror left or right so that at least you see what's going on behind you. Just even if it's like in a wink, right? You can see it. 
So we have seen people's life change completely because of that. More promotions, more money coming to them, more respect. I mean, I used it myself. I remember the first job I had as a lawyer working in the government. I was literally sitting with my back to all my colleagues and nobody wanted to collaborate with me. You know, my manager was never paying attention to me. And one day, knowing this information, I just got another desk. And in the morning, I changed everything around. And six months, within six months, I was actually taking over the whole team. And I was promoted to become the manager of the manager. Yeah. I always say what you see is what affects you. So if you have space in front of you, that's one thing. But also then pay attention. What is really in your office? What are the images in your office? What do you see if you look up from your computer or look up from whatever you're doing on your desk? Do you see images that support you, that you feel good about? Or are these images that are kind of chaotic or they're kind of feeling stuck when you look at it? Remember, whatever you see is influencing you. And it's like you're creating like a trance because you're seeing it so many times a day, so many hours. It gives you an inner image that is actually taking over your vision for your life because it's bigger than you and you see it all the time. Well, and just to break this down again, like we went from level one, which is just being aware, being conscious, decluttering this. I see it as a level two, which are these really simple things that we can do to environmentally optimize where it comes to, again, don't have your back to a door, have a high back chair. If you have to be in a cubicle where you can't optimize that seating position, have a lot of space. And I can't stop but think of every single scene in every single movie that you see the powerful CEO in an office is facing the door, has a desk that is just really wide, very clean, impeccable, and they have a beautiful throne that they sit on, which is exactly what you're speaking about. And it doesn't seem like this is a coincidence. It is not a coincidence. It is like being a king or a queen. And then if you look at the receptionist, they have tons of paper and they're always sitting in the wrong position and they don't even know that. But it's actually subconsciously when we come into a room, we want to see the manager. But I would say to people, start thinking as a CEO, start thinking as the superhuman at work, thinking like I want the space to be on a new level of energy for myself. So this is some very simple steps, but they're so groundbreaking. And I've seen so many people changing their life around just by the simple steps. And I have to break the concern that some people might have, which I think is like, oh my God, this seems like it spends money for nothing or it takes time for nothing. And I can even think of the times that even I find myself being able to criticize Mind Valley's office, like where our office is absolutely gorgeous. And we put a lot of effort into that environment because we want to stimulate that creativity. And you look at Mind Valley's success and it's amazing to see when somebody comes and says, you know what, that's great. Maybe I'm leading a team and I have a budget. Should I spend it on optimizing the environment for my team? How do you justify that expense or that time that it takes to really be aware of the feng shui and to make these changes into your environment? Well, think about it is that sometimes they put budget towards well-being in the office and so on. And I say, but you know, what if your office itself, your desk itself, the place where you work can be a constant source of well-being, right? Would you not spend some money on that just to get a good chair, having some space around you, taking time? I mean, it's not so much that you have to spend a lot of things. Decluttering, it's not about spending money. 
right? Literally. And I've so many times found money by decluttering. Literally that I found, you know, an envelope where there was still money in, right? Or a check that I didn't cash in. So it is about that. So taking time for yourself to have a well-being where you work is not costing you anything. It just, it's giving you so much great energy to taking time for yourself. Amazing. And so we've went through the level one, the decluttering. We're talking about level two here, some simple tips that people can apply. I want to get into some more advanced functions here because I know we're just at the tip of what Feng Shui is all about. How does someone get more applying these concepts of Feng Shui in the workplace? What are some of the more advanced things that we can do? Because I know it has to do with the specific person. It also has to do with the specific year. Correct. So what the Feng Shui masters have understood is that the compass is about the wind directions, that everyone, based on their birthday and their gender, there are certain compass directions that work better for your success and your money and your relationships than other. And so what people can do is that finding their success direction, when they then look at what is in their success direction based on their birthday, they can actually see then what did I hang there? What did I place there? And instead of hanging the wrong things in that success direction, they can then hang, for example, the logo of the company or products that they're working with or a picture of the team or the picture of you and your manager, for example. So by placing the right things in the right location just for you will actually increase with exactly 33.3%. That's what we have seen shifts the energy so intensely because you're aligning your office and workspace with your personal energy. It's very important for people to know what is their personal success direction. And that is something they can find out. So for everybody listening, know that if you go to mariediamond.com, you can find out what your feng shui number is, and it'll actually give you the direction of what your success direction is so that you can start doing these optimizations and putting the right objects in that corner of your office to really increase that flow of energy around that success and abundance. And what does the year itself, this time have an issue? Like, does it change per year? And are there optimizations you need to do on a yearly basis? Yes, so there is what we call the year feng shui. So think about in a certain year, we are the white metal rat or we are the earth pig or the water dragon. So the feng shui masters also work with the Chinese astrology. Based on that, there are certain areas in the house, in the office that we want to activate for that year. And that is something that is like a deeper level. If people want to go into that, they can check out my online programs for that. Perfect. And for everybody who's already a student of Mind Valley, know that Feng Shui for Life is a program that we have with Marie Diamond that goes very deep into all these aspects of Feng Shui. I wanted to close this off, Marie, with talking maybe about a few rules of thumbs to prevent us from going into these territories where it really blocks the energy. I mean, we've already talked about having our back to the door is one of the big no-nos. Are there any other things that we should watch out for so that we can live in more flow with our environment? Well, one of the things I always suggest is to check out if you don't have cacti in your environment or any plants with very sharp edges. So the leaves are too sharp because then it creates like this sharp energy and you're on the edge of things or you're like you get more criticized when you have these plants close to you. So remove them out of your office. Make sure you work with orchids, for example, or anything that's lush. Also, what I always suggest to people is look what hangs behind you. 
Yeah, what hangs or stands behind you is actually symbolizes the support that you're getting into your business. For example, I remember I had this one man, and he had an image of a tiger that was like ready to jump on him. Right, that was hanging behind him, and I said to him, "You probably feel all the time on the edge. Like I have to do everything right. I have to be so perfect because if I don't, my boss will be so upset with me." He said, "That's exactly how I feel." I said, "Well, that's that tiger." So subconsciously, you're coming to your desk and you see the tiger ready to jump on you. I said, "But I love tigers." I said, "Yeah, but they must be in the wild, and perhaps in the zoo, but not in your office, right?" So remove fiercey animals. So. Always think whatever is there, if it's there in reality, how would I feel? So not just look at this is a nice image, but if that image would be really alive, how would I feel having that in my office or in my workspace? And if your feeling is like no, I don't like that, then remove it. Amazing, Murray. Thank you so much for sharing these ideas around feng shui. And for everybody listening, we've covered the fact that feng shui is really the art of aligning the energy of your environment. And just like how you have a vision board that gets you to go towards your goals, having an environment that supports you, that always gives you visual cues about what you want in your life and the things that will support you in getting to your goals is equally important. It's an art that's been around for four thousand years, and a lot of powerful CEOs, companies always invest time and money. To get the feng shui right, because they know the impact that it has on every project that exists. Now we've talked about different levels of optimizing your feng shui. At a minimum, we're talking about having an environment within your workplace that is not cluttered, that has space, and that you become aware and conscious about that impact, so that you're decluttered and ready to start doing things that will optimize your environment. At that level too, we talked about making sure your back is not towards the door, but you're actually facing the door. We're talking about having a high back chair. Make sure your chair is like a throne because you're going to be sitting there continuously, and you want to be in a great position that you're actually feeling powerful and you feel like a king. And we've also talked then about a level three here, where you're actually finding out what is your feng shui number, so that you can look at what the directions of your particular feng shui number have, so that you can optimize that direction with the right images. That support, such as having the logo of the company, images of things that promote you in your success within your career, and really aligning the things that should be in your office. And finally, some of the things that you want to keep in mind. I love how we closed off, which is imagine everything that's in your office. If it had life, if it were alive, how would it make you feel? Be conscious of everything in your environment and how it would make you feel is a very great rule of thumb as you begin in your journey of feng shui to make sure your environment is supporting you and the effect. And the growth and the proof has been repeatedly shown over and over that it makes a significant impact. So take the effort, have the care. Your environment does make a powerful impact, and when you become more conscious of it and you start making these optimizations, you're going to see you will no longer have blocks and you will flow through your career at a high performance, like the superhuman that you truly are. Murray, once again, thank you so much for being on the show with us. Thank you so much, Jason. Bye bye, everyone. 
Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning into this episode with Marie Diamond. We've demystified this idea of feng shui and how you can use it into your life. And so make sure you go to mariediamond.com to find out what your feng shui number is, and you'll be able to know what that success direction is and start optimizing that corner to make sure the right things are there. And then if you're curious about feng shui and you want to go deeper into the topic, be sure to look at feng shui for life. It is a course offered by Mindvalley, and you can go to mindvalley.com to discover more about it. This has been superhumans at work. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to share, leave us a review and make sure to mention Murray Diamond so we can know particularly what you loved from this episode. And until next time, this is Jason Campbell. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Jason Campbell, and this is Superhumans at Work, a Mind Valley podcast.